I'm a handshake and tape. I'm a spud with a plane. I'm a miracle that's greater day by day. I ain't your average quitter. I don't put up with golf. I'm doing the best I can. The drum tater. Good morning, my fellow Trump Taters. Welcome to the Trump Tater Podcast this morning. I'm Jamie Rinda, your host. Um, I'm just going to start in on a call of action today because I saw somebody post this on Facebook. It said, what happened to DuckDuckGo? And I thought, man, did DuckDuckGo get taken away too, just like a parlor? So I, I Googled it and there it was. And then it asked me if I wanted to download it to my Chrome. And I thought, yeah, I do. And I don't know why I didn't do this a long time ago. So I downloaded very easy process. So if your current search bar is um, Google, then you want to just, you know, type in DuckDuckGo, it pulls it up and you can download it right onto your Chrome and then DuckDuckGo becomes your search bar um, in search engine. And so you can do the same thing on your phone. And uh, it's incredible the difference of uh, news that pulls up when you do a research. Google is in the process of purging so much. And specifically in one area that I um, have noticed is on Antifa or Antifa, depending on how you want to say it. Uh, so if you pull up Antifa on Google, um, you get very little of the pictures of all the violence and in destruction that they have been involved in. And even some videos that previously had pulled up are no longer there, or you have to search so long for them. But if you pulled that up on DuckDuckGo, it does give you the generic Wikipedia definition and a few of the um, things that have taken place recently. But if you go to images and videos, it will pull up everything that's happened this past summer and actually the past four years of Antifa attacking uh, Trump supporters over the last four years and uh, exactly what type of fascist organization. You know, it's funny because they call themselves anti-fascist. And again, it's just a, a clever way of being able to to hide what uh, what the real motives are, but uh, Antifa is the most fascist organization in the world today. It doesn't only terrorize people in the, in the United States, but over in Europe, especially France right now, but all places in Europe have been terrorized by Antifa members for some time. So anyway, so call to action is get on your search bar. If you don't use DuckDuckGo and put it in, and, uh, and download it. It takes all of about 30 seconds, 45 seconds to do that and do the same thing on your cell phones uh, and to give you a much more accurate picture of what's going on in the world from at least a balanced uh, picture and uh, things are not being purged from DuckDuckGo. I mean, uh, yeah, from DuckDuckGo like they are on other sites. And uh, so anyway, that's the call of action this morning for the Trump Tater people out there listening, whoever you are and wherever you are right now. Um, and there, again, every day, you know, there's a whole lot of news. So I kind of got a, I shouldn't say it, a giggles out of because it's not funny, but um, with the global elitist <laughs> are out there trying to, to calm our fears of on us being concerned about their plan for world domination that we shouldn't be concerned. It's not a nefarious plan. They say um, it's all with these great intentions. And uh, if we just sit back and let them can them do their business, you know, we'll all see that it's for our own good. Um, anyway. And, you know, we have the leaders that uh, it, this has been a real battle Um Worldwide, you saw when Trump first got elected, uh, it kind of you saw a uh, this momentum going of other countries having the courage to put somebody in who will who will make their countries first. So again, as Trump, you know, his logo on MAGA, Make America Great Again, uh, and Trump said multiple times in his speeches that he expects every country to put their country first and. And so it's not something that, you know, that it's all about America, but as the leader of our country, he expected, you know, 
as a leader to put America first and uh, Great Britain should put Great Britain first or China, China, of course, will put China first and not their people first, but China. Um, So anyway, you saw this kind of rippling effect of different leaders that were being elected that were more like Donald Trump the first few years. And then just recently, you know, with uh, Boris Johnson over in England, he kind of seemed to cower to having a real uh, Blexit, not Blexit, but Brexit um, plan and uh, seemed to kind of soft, do a soft sell on Brexit. And now it appears that Boris is all in on Joe Biden and also on um, this globalist movement of a one world government and the build better, you know, that Joe Biden has, it kind of goes along with the whole, you know, reset that they're wanting to do. So anyway, we just need to keep our eyes open there and let the, you know, let our objections be known. I don't know what all we can do about it with Biden being the leader of um, our nation right now, but uh, they all are on like, you know, the, the green light is going in this direction. So we'll just have to wait and see where that takes us. I just lost my train of thought. So I apologize there. I was trying to, I had something that I, another call to action that I, that I had on my mind. And as I was going back to review it, I couldn't remember (laughs) the direction I was going. So uh, there's a, a parent at a school board meeting that uh, I don't know if it matters where, but he just gave an incredible um, three minute speech. I don't think he used his whole three minutes, but questioned his school board on why they're refusing to open. And he, you know, kind of let them have it that, you know, the garbage collectors are out there collecting the garbage every day. And uh, I think I mentioned this yesterday. I mean, we have all of our essential workers um, that the grocery store people, the medical people, all these people are out there working. And so he's just, you know, asking them, you know, what are you doing? Why, you know, why aren't you getting our kids back in school? And uh, in Las Vegas um, or in Nevada, there's been an increase of of teenage suicides. And so they see this as a, an impact of the pandemic and the impact of schools being closed. Um, and so this parents, you know, is, is justified in his anger on the schools dragging their feet on opening and getting our kids back in school. Uh, at the same time it, with this, uh, increase in suicide in Las Vegas, uh, that was just announced in the, in the, in the push to get uh, the kids back in school because they were predominantly white students committing suicide. There was, and I can't find the article right now, but I will find it before it's over and refer you to it. But I'm just trying to tie this in together. Um, is that somehow this is a white problem and uh, white privilege problem. I'm going, what type of white privilege problem is it when our kids are committing suicide and, wanting the schools to open. So it just amazes me on how everything, somehow they managed to throw back into race, even in the opening of our schools. Um, And so in any way, I think we all need to here in Utah, you know, our schools are open. They have a system set up, I guess, with so many people testing positive. Like I know Weber School District currently in here in Utah is on a soft closure again, but technically the schools are up and going. It's just based on the number of people reporting positive for coronavirus. Uh, but in some districts, they're not opened at all. And, uh, and we're starting to see the impact of uh, all this stress on these kids and lack of socialization, lack of, um, of his, you know, a routine in their lives. And, uh, and so anyway, uh, just kudos to this parent for getting going to a school board meeting and letting the school board members know that there are people who will run for their jobs and who will take this leadership role and do what's right for their community and for their kids in their in their area. Um, 
teachers are, you know, either they're essential or they're not. If we're saying they're not essential, then then all this, um, you know, we should pay teachers more and we should do this and we should do that is all questionable. I do feel like teachers are an essential employee and as essential employees, they should be back at work and allowing opportunities for uh, kids to go back to school in person. I um, will be back on the Trump Tater in just a few minutes to kind of discuss other things that are going on. But don't forget, please download DuckDuckGo as your search engine bar. Uh, it will give you a more accurate representation of what's going on in the world around us. I'm Andy. If you don't know me, it's probably because I'm not famous. But I did start a men's grooming company called Harry's. The idea for Harry's came out of a frustrating experience I had buying razor blades. Most brands were overpriced, overdesigned, and out of touch. At Harry's, our approach is simple. Here's our secret. We make sharp, durable blades and sell them at honest prices for as low as $2 each. We care about quality so much that we do some crazy things, like buy a world-class German blade factory. Obsessing over every detail means we're confident in offering a 100% quality guarantee. Millions of guys have already made the switch to Harry's, so thank you if you're one of them. And if you're not, we hope you give us a try with this special offer. Get a Harry starter set with a five-blade razor, weighted handle, shave gel, and a travel cover. All for just three bucks, plus free shipping. Just go to harrys.com and enter 3388 at checkout. That's harrys.com, code 3388. Enjoy. Sebastian Gorka here. Maybe you've been hearing about Relief Factor, the 100% drug-free supplement that helps a person's body deal with inflammation and pain. You've heard all the wonderful testimonials. Well, I have my own testimonial. For many years, my lower back pain was becoming a serious problem. The short story is, I finally gave it a try, and now I'm out of pain too. So if you're in pain, you can order the three-week quick start for just $19.95. Go to relieffactor.com. Hi, this is Dennis Prager, and we just launched a new PragerTopia membership called PragerTopia Unlimited. Members can listen to any and all audio programs that are in the Dennis Prager store. That's over 400 programs to choose from, show segments, talks, lectures, courses, even full access to all five books of my Torah teaching. For a limited time, an annual PragerTopia Unlimited membership is only $119. Join PragerTopia Unlimited today. Go to PragerTopia.com. If your credit card bills have gotten out of hand and you care about your credit, call Consolidated Credit now. If the interest rates on your credit cards are so high, it'll take years to get out of debt. Call Consolidated Credit now. They've helped over 6 million people with credit card debt. Without destroying your credit, they can consolidate your debts into one lower payment, reduce your interest rates, and get you out of debt fast. The program works. Call Consolidated Credit now. Call 800-406-0046. That's 800-406-0046. Consolidated Credit Counseling Services, Inc. 5701 West Sunrise Boulevard, Fort Lauderdale, Florida, 33313. Licensed by the New York Department of Financial Services and by the Vermont Department of Financial Regulation. Maryland DM 1492. Oregon DM 80092. Licensed by the Virginia State Corporation. Commission license number DC83. Service may adversely affect an individual's credit. Non-payment of debt may lead to additional finance charges or collections activity, including legal action, not a loan company. Welcome back to the Trump Tater. Uh, just going to get back because I just wanted to finish uh, some of the things we're talking about. <laughs> Unfortunately, I kind of go, I changed the uh, different things I'm looking at while I was talking just now. So I'm going to get back on it because uh, I want to talk about this article, the teachers union that uh, made the comment that it's white supremacy um, on keeping our schools closed. So it was in uh, West Virginia, by the way, with the parent. So if you want to look that up, it's a Virginia school board where the parent comes out and uh, really holds the school board accountable 
for keeping um, the schools closed at this time, but it was in uh, the teachers union. It says the leader of the teachers union in Washington state is facing criticism after he said that reopening school efforts are fuel fueled by white supremacy and concerns over lockdown suicides were white privilege. Scott Wilson, the president of the Pasco Association of Educators, made the comments during a January 12th school board meeting, according to the Tri-City Herald. We must not ignore the culture of white supremacy and white privilege. We have seen it in, in it, the free, free to breathe, reopen everything, rodeos and rallies that received county commissioner support. The same county commissioner, uh, commissioner directs our health. No one wants remote learning, but it is it is the right thing to do. We know the equity concerns. Virus transmission is high, heading higher, with so many more ignoring and avoiding measures to stop the spread. Remote learning is the right decision. Uh, then he goes on to compare. Uh, the, they complain that their students are suicidal without school and sports. As a father, uh, daily surviving the suicide of my son, I find these statements ignorant and another expression of white privilege. So, I mean, to me, that's just uh, how everything can get brought back to this race divide uh, that, uh, that parents concern over their, and, and for the most part, Caucasians commit suicide at higher rates. And, but to, to attribute this to white supremacy or white privilege of our concern, or it should be society's concern, it should be American concern, regardless of who it is, uh, when we have an increase in suicide rates. Uh, and, and efforts should be made to find out what the cause is and correct the cause when possible. Um, and all the studies have shown that transmission rates in schools are really um, very minimal in comparison. And so for the benefit of schools being open, I mean, I personally, if I had kids at home, my last child graduated last uh, spring, somewhat graduated because his last half of his senior year was taken away from him due to school closures and the coronavirus. But if I did have small kids at home, I'd probably choose to homeschool. But I totally understand parents' frustrations on um, on the schools not being open because not everybody has the ability to homeschool. Not every child thrives in a homeschool environment. And, uh, and even in homeschooling, it's really important for socialization and connecting with other groups and being able to have that contact. And so right now there's so many kids that are isolated, not getting that daily engagement and that social affirmation of, uh, of that engagement. And it's really important. So I totally understand parents' concerns on this and feel like all schools should make the biggest effort they can to accommodate uh, in-school learning where they can at least on a hybrid program, uh, two days a week, something that engages and has some consistency of schedule for uh, the kids in their community. So anyway, um, just amazes me that somehow that this could get brought back into a racial dynamic when kids are committing suicide, that somehow that's white supremacy and white privilege. Uh, it's just a sad place that we are in our society when everything is... Uh, is dividing us on race. So Tulsi Gabbard is my Trump tater of the day. I just, you know, she was, um, I mean, even if Tulsi Gabbard became the Democratic nomination, I was a diehard Trump supporter. But in looking at this, my my uh, 18 year old son, it was his first time to vote this year. And so he was interested both in Tulsi Gabbard and Andrew Yang in the Democratic Party. And as I looked at these two candidates, I thought, man, these are the two most viable candidates that the Democrats have that they could really give. And at the time, I was like, only ones that could beat Trump. But obviously, you know, with the right skills and techniques set out there um, in the Democratic Party and in the right amount of cheating, uh, I guess Joe Biden was able to beat Trump. But in a really competitive race, if we weren't cheating, uh, Tulsi Gabbard and Andrew Yang I felt were the two candidates that had a really viable chance of, of honestly taking on Trump. Not that I agree with all their policies or anything, because I didn't, but I thought they were two viable candidates. And these two candidates were totally shut down by their own party. Um, 
and I couldn't understand why, but but I get it now. It, it's for the same reason they couldn't let Trump be president is because these two candidates are not owned by the establishment. And so Tulsi Gabbard has been out there, and I, Tulsi and I've been on the same campaign on on uh, unfortunately, Donald Trump did not uh, give a pardon to Julian Assange, but uh, I feel like he should have. And so that's been something I've connected with Tulsi on um, that she's been out there advocating. So Tulsi came out yesterday and uh, just really <laughs> uh, let um, the Democrats have it. Uh, I'm trying to find the exact. She said, this is quote, the mob who stormed the Capitol on January 6th to try to stop Congress from carrying out its constitutional responsibilities were behaving like domestic enemies of our country. But let's be clear. The John Brennans, Adam Schiff's, and the oligarchs of the big tech who are trying to undermine our constitutional protected rights and turn our country into a police state with the KGB-style surveillance are also domestic enemies and much more powerful, therefore more dangerous than the mob who stormed the Capitol. So amen, Tulsi Gabbard. You are my Trump-tater of the day, someone who's out there outclassing, outshining, out outperforming, a dependable and exemplary person. Um, she could not have said that better. The, and I was glad that she got John Brennan in there because uh, I think John Brennan's one of the most dangerous Americans um, that we have. And so, and the same with Adam Schiff, they both can just lie, 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 and feel justified in doing so in, in their connections with trying to undermine our democracy and undermine the values of America. I'm going to read this one more time to you because I think it's powerful. She said, but let's be clear the John Brennan's Adam Schiff's and the oligarchs and big tech who are trying to undermine our constitutionally protected rights and turn our country into a police state with KGB style surveillance are also domestic enemies and much more powerful and therefore more dangerous than the mob who stormed the Capitol. Um, Brilliantly said, Tulsi Gabbard, and uh, I am glad to see that you're out there fighting this battle to to help save our country. And glad to see people on the left that are starting to recognize this and what our hope is and where we need to move forward is we need to start nurturing these relationships with the Tulsi Gabbards on the left in the Democratic Party. We need to really be courting a couple of Democrats in the Senate and eight to 10 Democrats in the House on either voting with as a PAC in the Republican Party or switching their parties for now and uh, taking over back the House and the Senate with some of these more center to right leaning Democrats. And uh, so anyway, we'll be back on the Trump tater. How much more time do I have there, Brian? 35 more seconds. So anyway, a call to action would be uh, do your homework. L let's find out who these, uh, I think we've pinpointed at least two in the Senate, the, the Senator from Arizona, and I just lost her name, the Democratic Senator from Arizona, and the Senator, uh, Senator Manchin from uh, Virginia, West Virginia, I believe. Those are two that I believe we can count on the Senate, and we need to pinpoint, like I said, eight to ten in the House. So that's our job as conservatives, is putting pressure uh, on the Republican Party to really reach out and nurture these relationships. Back on the Trump Tater in just a minute. USA Radio News with Lance Pride. A plainclothes NYPD cop investigating a previous shooting was shot while chasing a man in the Bronx on Tuesday night. The 31-year-old male officer with the department's gun violence suppression unit was struck in the back below his vest and is in stable condition. A suspect was taken into custody. The United States will accelerate the delivery of COVID-19 vaccines across the country. President Joe Biden announced on Tuesday his administration plans to buy 200 million more doses of the Pfizer, BioNTech, and Moderna vaccines. Biden said the pandemic will continue to worsen before it gets better. It's going to take months before we can get the majority of Americans vaccinated. End quote. 
The Senate on Tuesday confirmed Antony J. Blinken, a nation's 71st Secretary of State. Blinken is President Biden's longtime advisor and was voted in by a score of 78 to 22. USA Radio News. Here's some great news. If you missed the deadline to sign up for health insurance, or more importantly, if you sign up for a plan that you're just not happy with, you still have a choice. It's called MediShare, and MediShare is a Christian healthcare sharing program. It's been around for 25 years. They have more than 400,000 members now around the country. And get this, over the years, MediShare members have shared more than $2 billion of each other's medical bills, so they could help share your needs too. And best of all, you could save a lot of money with MediShare. The typical savings for a family is around 500 bucks a month. Your savings could be more or less, but think about what you could do with that extra money every month. So if you think you're stuck with a high-cost health plan that doesn't have much to offer, think again. You can join MediShare anytime, so call them today and check it out. There's no pressure. They're super easy to talk to. 833-34-BIBLE. That's 833-34-BIBLE. 833-34-BIBLE. A Texas judge rules against President Biden's moratorium on illegal immigration deportations. USA Radio News' Tim Berg reports. A temporary restraining order is being issued over the Biden administration's pause on deportations. A Texas federal judge issued the ruling on Tuesday, citing the Administrative Procedure Act. Texas AG Ken Paxton sued the new administration last week, saying the Trump administration in Texas reached an agreement before Biden was sworn in, requiring consultation before any deportation changes are made. Paxton calling the 14-day restraining order a victory against a seditious left-wing insurrection. From the USA Radio News Phoenix Bureau, I'm Tim Berg. One in seven U.S. residents is foreign-born, according to 2018 American Community Survey data. Commercial flights to the International Space Station start next January. Three men will pay $55 million each for a SpaceX flight to the ISS. USA Radio News. Welcome back to the Trump Tater. I'm just going to jump into our next uh, topic, and that is Brandon Straka. Uh, he is the founder of Walk Away, which encourages Democratic uh, Democrats to walk away from the Democratic Party and also has been very influential on getting a large number of gays to walk away from the Democratic Party. Uh, President Trump, by the way, had 25% uh, of gay Mel gay votes, uh, which is uh, pretty incredible, you know, because he's always being called a homophobic and and uh, being accused of not wanting to support gay rights. But uh, Brandon Straka was very influential uh, in getting uh, a higher vote turnout uh, for Trump in the LGBT community. So the reason I'm bringing up Brandon today is uh, Brandon's. Um, social medias were all shut down and uh, he was there on January 6th did not actually go into the Capitol, but I guess he was up on the steps of the Capitol, but he was arrested yesterday. And so, and the reason I'm going to point this out is because I'm going to make a comparison between a local person here in Utah, John Sullivan, that I've brought up multiple times. John Sullivan did go in through the Capitol door, uh, Capitol, and he did not go in through the doors that were being opened. He went in through a broken window. So I'm pointing this out to show the differences in treatment here. So John Sullivan, entire his entire day was antagonizing people to take over the Capitol, to burn this shit down, to f this and f that, and uh, just really inciting people in in being destructive. When he went into the Capitol building, he broke a window. He tried to do something to monument. He continued to try to incite people um, to violence. He, and so he actually went through, did get through a broken window, went entered the Capitol, and yet it took um, the FBI a long time to arrest him. And he was only arrested for a short time in which he was released on no bail. He didn't have to put up any bail. And, um, had some strict guidance in which he was supposed to be following of, of which he's broke all of them that I can see. And, uh, he started on me. We, he's been on other social media platforms, which he wasn't supposed to be on. 
So compared to this to Brandon, who was at the Capitol, that uh, did at one point say, um, let's take it, let's take, you know, moving in. But again, I want to re remind our audience and people out there listening, is this is the first time in our nation's history that I'm aware of that um, our legislatures have been in session in which no Americans were allowed in as far as the common people uh, to challenge or represent uh, their voices and allowed in our, our Capitol buildings. Maybe there's another time, maybe during war or something that I'm not aware of, but in a non-war environment, uh, first time that our Capitol was closed. And so it should not have been closed. Now it should have been open maybe for limited access small groups of representative voices, something, but our capital was closed for people to come in and voice their concerns, voice their opposition to what was taking place. So I understand the frustration some people had in wanting to be able to go and talk to their legislators, let them know their concerns, and the, the capital was closed to that. So that, that needs to really be taken into consideration here. Uh, because there would have been no need for people to storm the Capitol, quote, if the Capitol wasn't closed. Now, if you look back again, back when um, Justice uh, Kavanaugh was being confirmed, you had massive chaos. People, women, groups of women beating down the doors of senators, yelling at them, confronting them, all within the halls of Congress. And this was allowed. And, uh, and people were allowed their First Amendment right to petition their legislatures in ways that I didn't think was appropriate back then, but it was allowed to happen. And if it was a Democrat issue that was up, you bet those doors are going to be open and uh, people are going to be able to protest. But they were closed. And again, I want to remind our audience that the responsibility of security for the Capitol building was on the Senate and House and on the DC of mayor. President Trump had no authority to increase the security of the Capitol building. And even though at the request of the, the chief that was over the Capitol police requested multiple times for additional security, he was turned down. Even though there was security offered by the Trump administration via um, FBI and other things, the DC of mayor, the mayor DC of DC turned that additional security down in a letter dated January 5th, the night before she assured that she had all the resources she needed, that she had called the national guard up yet. She did not deploy the national guard. So I'm just painting the picture here, folks, that, that, uh, the, this was intended to have a a small security force. Um, they had the intelligence on the ground. They knew the amount of people that were going to be there. And yet they want to, again, as I was mentioning race earlier, they wanted to throw this into white privilege. No, that wasn't white privilege. That was Democrat neglect, intentional neglect to allow this type of chaos to ensue. So anyway, Brandon got arrested yesterday. And, uh, and he's been charged, I think, with eight different felonies. So I haven't had a chance, but I want to compare those felony charges to those of John Sullivan. Because Brandon's treatment so far, uh, Brandon did not enter into the Capitol. He did not incite direct violence or destruction. He was encouraging people to, uh, you know, as far as, you know, take over, I mean, in a grassroots movement. And perhaps he went too far uh, in some of his rhetoric, but I don't think, uh, again, he did not enter into the Capitol. He did not do any destruction. He was not harming or pushing any police officers, um, but he did have this on video footage. And I guess lots of people turned him in and he was elected yesterday as far as his, his rhetoric on the day of uh, of, of January 6th. And, and if you can, if we're going to hold even the, you know, the people outside of um, the Capitol building who did not go in accountable, then, you know, and Rand Paul yesterday in a speech to the Senate, in which I guess this blends in really good because Rand Paul said, should we hold Bernie Sanders accountable to the shooting of St Steve Scalise and the other uh, people that were shot 
by the Bernie supporter? Should we hold Maxine Waters accountable to her rhetoric or Nancy Pelosi accountable to her record rhetoric? And one that they really missed out on, uh, that he missed out on, that he should have got in there is former Attorney General uh, Loretta Lynch, because she, right after uh, Obama uh, was out of office, went on and talked about that we need blood on the streets. I mean, that's pretty direct. And I think the blood on the streets is, you know, she that was a call to Antifa for action and destruction. He did not include Loretta Lynch's comment of blood on the streets on there or Attorney General. Um, who's the Attorney General, uh, Brian, of, uh, of Obama, the other one? Oh, I'll think about him again. Anyway, he he's the one that. Uh, the other Obama's other sec, uh, attorney general, um, you know, when they when they go low, we go lower and and was also inciting uh, violence, too. So anyway, Rand Paul did a really good job because on on saying, hey, if we're going to go down this ro- road, then, you know, these people should be impeached, too. Now, I personally do feel and this is where I'm going to disagree with Rand Paul is I personally do feel there should be a censoring of these Democrats or Republicans when they make such suggestions as to hurt or injure or impede, um, physically impede other people. And uh, so I disagree with him on that, uh, that these, these Maxine Waters, Nancy Pelosi and them should have been called by their colleagues uh, to stop this type of rhetoric. Now, I don't think they should have been impeached, but they should have been censored. Something should have happened there. So I personally do feel that type of discord is not appropriate for our congressional leaders. Um, so I disagree with him on that. I, President Trump, on the other hand, do I feel that people could have been misled or felt to be misled about what Trump intended? I do feel that people under the, the atmosphere that we're in right now and the frustration of where we're at and what's at stake may have taken Trump's direction more literally. And uh, so I feel like they definitely could have been misled as as to what Trump said. But Trump did specifically say in his speech that we're going to peacefully go over and and have our voices heard. So I don't feel you could hold him accountable in the same way as other people who have directly encouraged violence against others who are their opposing uh, parties on this. So anyway, there there is a big difference, but uh, our prayers go out to Brandon Straka. He's been a great leader in this movement, and uh, and we need to support him at this time. So we'll be back on the Trump Tater in just a minute. Trading involves financial risk and is not suitable for all investors. Past results do not guarantee future performance. Stock market have you nervous with all the massive fluctuations? With the hope for a COVID vaccine on the rise, shifting political landscape, and the election at an end, it's virtually impossible to guess what will happen next. With Vantage Point, you don't have to. Text MONEY to 411411 to find out how our technology can forecast market trends up to three days in advance with incredible accuracy. Text MONEY to 411411 to get what you need to stay ahead of market trends and find explosive moves before they happen. Vantage Point's patented technology analyzes huge quantities of global data in seconds. Stop guessing. Start predicting trends 72 hours in advance. Text MONEY to 411411 and experience Vantage Point for free. Text MONEY to 411411 so you can protect and grow your capital now. Don't wait. Text MONEY to 411411. Go to vantagepointsoftware.com for terms, conditions, and privacy policy. I'm Andy. If you don't know me, it's probably because I'm not famous. But I did start a men's grooming company called Harry's. The idea for Harry's came out of a frustrating experience I had buying razor blades. Most brands were overpriced, overdesigned, and out of touch. At Harry's, our approach is simple. Here's our secret. We make sharp, durable blades and sell them at honest prices for as low as $2 each. We care about quality so much that we do some crazy things, like buy a world-class German blade factory. Obsessing over every detail means we're confident in offering a 100% quality guarantee. Millions of guys have already made the switch to Harry's, so thank you if you're one of them. And if you're not, we hope you give us a try with this special offer. 
Get a Harry starter set with a five-blade razor, weighted handle, shave gel, and a travel cover. All for just three bucks, plus free shipping. Just go to harrys.com and enter 3388 at checkout. That's harrys.com, code 3388. Enjoy! With a recession ending, if you've been putting off building your business, now is the time to act. General Steel will meet or beat any price on a pre-engineered steel building of the same size and specifications. Act now before steel prices go up. So call us today for free information. Call 800-965-1290. Hi, this is Stan Ellsworth. You know, I know a little bit about history. I mean, me and that Harley and all. But social media, well, that's a mystery to me. So I turned to the good folks at Little Cloud. They helped me develop my social media. They call it an online footprint. I'm a pretty big guy. Little Cloud, they've created a pretty big online presence for me. Let them help you. Visit their website. Visit my friends at littlecloudmedia.com. Welcome, welcome back to the Trump Tanner. I'm just going to kind of finish this little piece up on Brandon Straka, the founder of the walkaway movement. Um, there is one part that I'm uncomfortable with Brandon on, so I'm just going to uh, be fair on this. Um, I haven't heard the video, but I guess he had a video that was posted online and um, that at some point there is a police holding a shield. And again, this is hearsay because I haven't seen the video and uh Somebody yelled, take it away from him. And the crowd eventually takes the shield away from the officer who is pulled uh, deeper into the crowd, uh, attempting to reclaim it before he successfully takes it back. So if Brandon was part of that, he should be held accountable. Um, But again, he was not in the Capitol. And I'd like to see the actual charges against him. But what I see now, the people that they're trying to take down, I mean, it's just everybody who's been a leader of the movement to to walk away from the Democratic Party, uh, specifically the most marginalized voices, and I've, I've stated this before in America, are black conservatives and in conservative gays. And Brandon Strzok has been one of the most outspoken conservative gays in in America, and has been very successful at at persuading uh, people to join him in his effort to walk away from the Democratic Party. Uh, another friend of mine, Ryan, who is Lady Maga here in Utah, also a very conservative gay man who's worked very hard at trying to challenge the LGBT community. And and uh, one of Ryan's passions is prohibiting uh, medication of kids in making transitions, um, gender transitions, and feels that... Um, it's very irresponsible. I mean, and he mentions too, and I'll, I'll have to have um, Ryan on our program, but he feels uh, that, you know, when he was younger, he had an interest in dressing like a girl and, and different things, but he outgrew that and realized he was, he was gay, but he has no desire to transgender, uh, you know, into a female. But uh, he says that, you know, kids are really, you know, including himself, are confused and to actually do any type of chemicals into a kid's body prior to them being of age and consent to really make those decisions was wrong. And so that's been an active voice he's had, and he really gets shut down with the LGBT community and the left on his advocacy for children there. So anyway, Brandon uh, Straka and uh, Ryan, I'm not going to give Ryan's last name, but uh, have been really pushing as gay conservatives. And again, another group I work with that I feel like have very marginalized voices are black conservatives and social media has been very good. And same with the media on limiting the voice reach of conservative black Americans. And so we've got to, to stick behind and support in the Republican party. I know we, and one, one of the things I really appreciate about Ryan, especially here in Utah, cause he works a lot with, uh, conservatives here that are members of uh, the the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. And Ryan's always very respectful to say, I support your freedom of religion to believe what you choose to believe. Now, even if that is not embracing, you know, homosexuals. And so 
Brian is just really good there. I mean, even though he he feels maybe it's wrong on our part, but he supports the freedom of religion. And so that's where we have to be. We have to give some mutual respect for people, even if we have differing positions on issues that we need all patriots, all Americans who are willing to fight for our free speech, our ability to self-govern, um, our Second Amendment rights. We need to pull together and we need to fight with these fight these things together. So anyway, um, we'll see how this is going to turn out with Brandon Straka. But again, if you watch the videos on Jaden X, which I hate kind of supporting his channel, but unfortunately that's where his videos are and they're still up right now. If we find that they aren't up, we'll post them again because we've uh, screen saved them. But it shows John throughout the day and throughout his time in the state cap uh, in our na nation's capital uh, inciting violence. And so I better, we better see the same accountability going towards John as that they're trying to with Brandon, because what Brandon did is not even on comparison. So anyway, that's kind of where we're at on that. Let me see. Um, there's a couple of other points that anti-Trump scholar, nearly impossible to deprogram millions of Trump supporters. <laughs> but I see it. I mean, the effort is out there uh, of people really wanting to deprogram us. And um, and you see that with some of these people that were at the Capitol and the charges being brought is that these people for part of their punishment or to in lieu of uh, lesser charges, perhaps they're going to testify to Congress about how they were misled by Trump and they're going to, they're going to do everything they can to undermine Trump and, uh, and thus undermining all of his supporters. So uh, we're just seeing the very beginning of their attempt to deprogram the 75 million Americans who supported president Trump. And this is going to continue. And as I believe um, it's going to impact uh, our, our educational choices for our kids because they're going to see the need to take away the rights of parents of homeschooling or possible charter schools if they feel that they're not being um, properly balanced with the positions that they want them to have. And you see that over in England right now. Um, you know, parents who try to take their kids out of certain classes and aren't allowed to do so because uh, they need to quote the training, um, the kids, you know, the exposure as to what's right and wrong according to the state. So it's things like that that I think we're going to start seeing here in the United States more of, uh, uh, again, just really interfering with parents' rights on their education because that's how they feel they're, they're going to deprogram the Trump supporters is maybe not directly through us, but through our children and thus kind of stopping the the desire for freedoms and and uh so in, anyway that's this deep program is going to is going to continue and we're going to just see it reaching levels that um that are gonna, I, I feel like i'm kind of stuttering over my thought process here but it just breaks my heart that we're even having to have this discussion of of our government looking at how to deprogram half of america yeah it's just something that uh, I never thought we'd actually see. So anyway, yesterday, I'm going to just quickly get into yesterday on Rand Paul. So 45 of the 50 senators voted against the impeachment trial. So that gives us some hope that hopefully there's no uh, there's not going to be 17 Republicans that vote with the Democrats to convict um, President Trump. However, we happen to be from the state of Utah, which we can always depend upon our lovely Mitt Romney, Senator Romney, on not supporting our value systems. So uh, please call Mitt Romney's office. Please make your voice heard to Mitt Romney on how he continues to undermine the will of the people who are in his party in the state of Utah. Again, as I've stated multiple times on this program, is it's my belief that Mitt Romney along with Paul Ryan, maybe Senator Jeff Flake and John McCain and a few others. Um, and also Evan McMullen, who happens to be here from the state of Utah, who stepped out of the CIA position to intentionally run as a Spoiler candidate in the 2016 election. 
and I think this is all tied together, his run to basically put Hillary Clinton in office and, uh, and these leaders from Arizona and Utah, I believe, were involved in this political coup from the very beginning. So Mitt has to continue to, um, to support this because he's part of the deep state. And unfortunately, we don't have President Trump in office anymore, and our hope for exposing these people um, is diminishing daily. I hope something can happen in the future, but we're just probably going to have to push forward again. And we have to push forward with some hope and positivity that that truth will prevail in the end. And uh, again, Jordan Peterson makes the statement that, you know, when you have a funeral, that it's a sad situation. And uh, so there's a difference between something becoming um, hard versus hell. And uh, so that's kind of where we're at. I mean, this is going to be a hard situation to go through. But if we personally become a miserable people, then it's we're going to make it a true hell for us and our families. So we've got to remain positive. We've got to go out and do the most good that we can do. And and just, you know, keep love in our hearts. And that's how we're going to get through this hard time that we're going to be facing the next four, possibly eight to 12 years. So anyway, just be Trump taters, go out there and outperform and outdo and outshine and be dependable and exemplary people. We'll be back tomorrow on the Trump tater. Oh, just told me I had 20 more seconds. So my call to action again today was download DuckDuckGo on your, uh, both on your phone for search and also on your computers so we no longer support google and uh so anyway duckduckgo just duckduckgo.com download it to your chrome and download it on your phone so we can use this search engine